Welcome to East Hills Alliance Church. Real people experiencing real change because of a real Savior. To get us started today, uh, as we are are chatting around our tables, and uh, we'd love to have you uh, get to know your table group. So a couple of things. Uh, one, a reminder uh, that you can, you know, combine groups, mix things up, whatever. Maybe talk to somebody you don't know. I don't know, something crazy. Uh, so just, just in case you need to, uh, step one is to make sure you know the names of the people at your table. Even if there's somebody you sat with last week and you really should remember their name, it's okay. Be like, hey, I'm really bad with names. I don't remember. Or, hey, normally I'm really good with names, but apparently I didn't care enough to remember yours. Whatever it is. Maybe not that one. Uh, okay, so make sure you know the names of people at your table. Include some people around you. Wrap them in. Uh, and then chat about uh, this uh, really quick. List the things that you are subscribed to. So, for example, maybe you're subscribed to some magazines, maybe Netflix, uh, The Power Company, right? You subscribe to get electricity, what, just list as many things as you can that you are subscribed to in the next 36 and a half seconds. Go. All right, lots of things that we are subscribed to. We really live in a world where our business is often, usually, based on subscription at this point. Uh, We acquire services by signing up to pay for them on a regular basis. Uh, So much of what we do, from uh, Amazon Prime to our entertainment to the essentials of things like water and power, built on this idea of subscription. So a follow-up question, we'll give you a couple minutes on this one, maybe a little deeper, a little longer discussion. Take a chance to think about it, talk about it. What is the difference between subscribing to something and belonging to something? What is the difference between subscribing and belonging? Go ahead and chat about that at your tables and in the chat online.
All right, let's uh, break this down by definition. Because we live in a day and age where I don't even have to subscribe to Google to just type in, define this word, and it tells me what it means. So, by definition, to subscribe is to arrange to receive something regularly by paying in advance. Okay, so to subscribe is to arrange to receive something regularly by paying in advance. Or a second definition of to subscribe to something is to express or feel agreement with something. To subscribe to an idea. Like, oh yeah, I subscribe to the belief that, whatever, okay? So a couple different definitions of subscribe. To belong is defined as being the property of or the member of someone or something. Okay, to be the property of a member of, maybe a group, a person. Belonging is a slightly different definition. Belonging is defined as feeling an affinity for a group or a situation. A sense of belonging means that you feel at ease or you feel connected in any given situation you may find yourself in. So to boil this difference down with all these definitions, and I uh, heard a lot of language around this uh, from the folks in here, to boil all this down, subscribing is transactional. Belonging is relational. Okay, the difference between subscribing and belonging, the primary one is that subscribing is transactional. Belonging is relational. And here's the kicker for me. In just about every situation, subscribing is safer. It's certainly going to feel safer because subscribing is a transaction. Subscribing is shallow. By subscribing to Facebook or Twitter, you're only committed to those relationships in those spaces for as long as you want to be. And then when you decide you want to take a break, you can just take a break. You just say, I'm out. Other people could do the same to you. They could simply unfriend you because you said something they didn't like, whatever it may be. It's transactional and it's easy to break. Now, you may love these people that you are connected to on social media, or you may not. But in that place, in that way, you are simply subscribed to their social media lives. Safer. Uh, I once had a guy come to me at his wife's request for counseling. And he was feeling very, very stuck because he couldn't understand why his wife would not let him continue to have the affairs he was having and still be part of their family. He really felt like he should be able to have the life he wanted on Friday night and the family life he wanted the rest of the time. He wanted to subscribe to his family because when they didn't affirm him in the way that he wanted, he wanted to be able to go find that affirmation somewhere else. Subscribe to the family, subscribe to the relationships because there's no belonging there either and simply belong to himself. Because subscribing, 
Not that he would phrase it this way, but subscribing felt safer. For some of you, on the total flip side of family systems, some of you grew up in families where there was not a sense of belonging created for you. And as a result, you learned that if you could not belong, either you would bail or you would subscribe. And because we can't get away from our families in many cases, many of us subscribe to our families. We'll go to the weddings, we'll go to the funerals, we'll show up for an occasional Thanksgiving, we'll subscribe. And maybe in your case, that is not only the safer choice, but a healthy one. Subscribing is safer because subscribing is simply transactional. It's some sort of agreed upon relationship with an exit door. But here's the problem. We aren't actually made for transaction. We're made for relationship. We're made for relationship. So then, who and what we belong to and how we go about belonging is massively important because we aren't made to subscribe, we are made to belong. And belonging was so important to the message of Jesus that it shows up in all of the gospel stories, these four accounts we have in the New Testament of Jesus' life. And especially in the gospel of John, John was one of Jesus' disciples, one of his friends and students who walked around with him for years doing life and ministry together. And as John recounts the story of Jesus' life, he weaves in and out of the entire thing this sense of belonging and how important it was to the message. In the middle of John's account, in what's now John chapter 13, he talks about Jesus gathering his friends around a table. That this is the uh, week where we are approaching the end of Jesus's life and Jesus knows it. Jesus knows that his time is ending. He knows he's about to be betrayed. He knows that a trial is coming where he will be convicted of crimes he did not commit. He knows that he just has a little bit of time left with his friends and his students. And so he gathers them together, not just on any day, but on a particularly special day to him and his friends because they are Jewish. And that day was Passover, the celebration where they remembered the freedom that God gave their people, releasing them, freeing them from slavery in Egypt. And as they get together to remember with a meal, and we will talk more next week about that meal and about remembering together, before they eat, Jesus has something he wants to do for them first. And so that's where we pick it up in John chapter 13, starting in verse one. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, 
took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. Jesus, it says, knew he had all the authority of heaven. What do we do when we know that we have authority? Well, we use it. We put ourselves in position to be able to use that authority to get things done, to push people and systems and whatever we can with our authority in the direction we want them to go. Most of the time, we use that authority to power up and have authority over people. This says that Jesus knew he had all the authority of heaven, and what he chose to do with it was to pick the lowest position possible in the room. He picked the position of a servant, choosing to go beneath anybody else in that space, beneath what anybody would have expected him to do. He chose to wash his friend's desert-caked feet to demonstrate his love and care for them. He was so secure in his authority He was secure in who had given it to him. He knew that he had come, as John said, from the Father and was going back to the Father. He knew that he belonged to the Father. And he was so secure in that belonging that making himself the most vulnerable person in the room was okay. We want to avoid vulnerability because we're not sure what will happen if we engage in it. We want to avoid being the lowest person in the room because it feels safer to have the power. We want to avoid engaging in the relationship because it feels safer to subscribe. Jesus knew he belonged to God. And so he had no fears of relinquishing power and authority to others because he was secure in his belonging. Belonging is the antidote to our insecurities. That sense of true belonging, of belonging to something, is the antidote to our insecurity. Now, here's the thing. We intrinsically know this, whether we've ever recognized it or not. And we will turn to all kinds of things to try to deal with our insecurities, our doubts, our questions, our feelings of not being enough. Here's what I'd love for you to chat about at your table before we go any further. What kinds of things do you or others, you don't want to talk about you, you or others, turn to when you feel anxious or insecure. Now, some of these are going to be really good and really healthy. Some of them we turn to, even if we know logically it's not actually a solution, but boy, does it feel better in the moment. What are the things that you or others turn to when you feel anxious or insecure? Talk about it for a couple minutes, and then we'll keep going in John.
one of the ways that we can know what we have chosen or who we have chosen to belong to is by answering this question of what do we turn to when we feel doubt or anxiety or insecurity. Online, I've seen things like sleep, numbing out, brainless television. Sometimes it's helping others so that we avoid having to deal with whatever it is going on in us. What kind of things do we allow ourselves to belong to in the sense that we're trying to make them our antidote to insecurity? John continues the story now in verse six. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, so he's washing the feet of the disciples, picture Jesus on his knees before Peter, bowl in front of him, towel around his waist. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Peter knows that he wants to belong to Jesus. And so he takes a powerful step. People who belong are fully committed. Peter says, then, then have all of me. People who belong are fully committed. I don't belong to my Netflix subscription and they don't belong to me. I am not fully committed to having Netflix in my life. And trust me, they're not fully committed to having me as a customer. They could cancel me at any time. I had the realization this week that I suppose very unintentionally, I've built a life where I'm fully committed at this point to being an automobile owner. Now it doesn't have to be the one that I own, but the life that my family has, the activities we have, the things we do, the responsibilities we have, where we live, we could not do it all without having an automobile. In that sense, I belong to this thing of being an automobile owner, fully committed. If you are someone who says, man, I just don't really belong anywhere. My guess, and yes, it's, it's a guess, but my guess is you're not fully committed anywhere. Now, maybe that's because you've chosen to not fully commit, so you just won't belong. Settling for subscriptions has been fine. On the other hand, it may be because you just never felt the safety of belonging and so you're not going to fully commit. Either way, these things seem to go hand in hand. People who belong are fully committed. And for some of us, the idea of being fully committed makes us a little shaky. <laughs> I told you subscribing is safer. Again, this theme of belonging is woven throughout John's gospel. Way back in John chapter three, 
we start to see what it means to belong. And it's this uh, famous conversation uh, that Jesus is having with a religious leader named Nicodemus. And you may go, I've never heard of Nicodemus, and I don't know what conversation you're talking about. It can't be that famous. But you have probably heard the verse that comes from it, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not die, but have everlasting life. That whoever believes in him. In our English language and in our society, we have too often shifted the word believe to be a subscription. Please don't hear Jesus saying, whoever subscribes to me. Jesus is saying, whoever belongs to me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever belongs to him will have everlasting life. Jesus tells Nicodemus that in order to belong to the kingdom of God, Nicodemus is going to have to be born again, to experience new life. And we toss around this term born again in modern Christian circles and the world around us, just like Nicodemus, rightly confused, is a strange term. Here's what Jesus tells Nicodemus. It's John 3, verse 3. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you. No one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. What we belong to becomes our source of life. What we belong to becomes the thing that we look to to be our source of life. So how do you know if you belong to something or someone? I just can't imagine my life without what? Netflix? Football? Maybe those are easy to brush aside. Work? Your kids? Guys, I can't imagine my life without my kids. But as some of you have experienced already, in 10 years, they're going to be off somewhere else in the world, perhaps worried about how I'm doing, but probably not. <laughs> and if I'm looking to my kids to be my antidote to insecurity, if I'm looking to my kids to be my source of life, wow, that's too much pressure to put on my kids or my spouse or on anybody else. I kind of touched on this earlier, talking about having an automobile, right? I can't imagine how our life would function without an automobile. Now, the truth is, I can't imagine my life without a car in it. It just would look radically different. But this is why it's so important to name and admit the things that we belong to the things that we look to to be the antidote to our insecurities, 
the things that we look to to be our source of life, that we're trying to pull life out of. Jesus tells Nicodemus that in order to belong to the kingdom of God, in order to be a person living in the goodness and the grace of God, we must belong to God and to see him as our source of life. The last couple of weeks, Sky has done a beautiful job of walking us through John chapter six, where Jesus invites people to belong to him, not to the show, not to the miracles, but to belong to him. And when the people realize that he's not looking for a subscription and that the cost of belonging to him feels weird and very personal, they bail. And Jesus turns to some of the disciples and he says, how about you guys? It's the last few verses of John 6 as uh, John recounts this story for us, starting in John 6, verse 66. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the 12 and asked, are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. Peter says, where else would we belong? We belong to you. You are our source of life. Even before his exclamation at the Last Supper, because we haven't gotten there yet, Peter is demonstrating that what we belong to, we commit to. People who belong are fully committed. What we belong to, we commit to. So when we ask the reflective question, what do I belong to? Your commitment level is an important indicator. Your time, energy, emotional commitment. What does your calendar say you belong to? What does your free time say you belong to? What does your bank account say you belong to? How do you feel about those things serving as the antidote to your insecurities? Fast forward to John chapter 15. We're now on the other side of that last supper together and John is recounting the legacy of lessons Jesus left for his disciples. And in this passage, John gives Jesus's most clear definition of what it means to belong to him and the reasons why it is so important. This is John 15, starting in verse four. Jesus says, remain in me and I will remain in you. Belong to me and I will belong to you. Whew. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. The vine that you abide in will become the fruit you produce. 
what we belong to becomes our output. What you choose to belong to will bear fruit in your life, will become your output. If your source of joy and life is a Seahawks victory, one, it's gonna be a real long fall. Sorry, it just is. Buckle up. No, no, it's not wrong. It's just, it's, I'm just stating facts up here. Hopefully I'm wrong. Two, the output of your life will be the Seahawks. <laughs> I did a funeral one time for a man who did not know Jesus. I knew his daughter. And the closing song of his funeral was the theme song to the Seattle Mariners broadcasts that year. Because his family knew that he loved the Mariners and they thought it might make him smile wherever he was to have that be the last song. And that is both touching and sad. The output of his life was his love for the Mariners. (laughs) What will your legacy What impression do you leave on people? Do people know you as a person of peace? Do people know you for your love and your joy? Or are you known for your style, for sports, for being a great host? None of those things are inherently bad. But what you choose to belong to, what you choose to use as the antidote to your insecurity, what you choose to look to for your source of life becomes the output of your life. One last story, admittedly uh, my favorite, also involving our friend Peter, who we have sort of followed along here through the Gospel of John. This one all the way at the end of John's Look, see, even after all of Peter's strong answers, these declarations that, yes, Jesus, I belong to you. When crunch time came and Jesus is betrayed and arrested and he's undergoing this trial, being condemned for crimes he did not commit, other people start to look at Peter and say, hey, don't you belong to Jesus? Don't you belong to that guy on trial? Peter says, no, no way. You got the wrong guy. Not once, but three times. After Jesus is convicted and put to death, the most important miracle in history occurs and he rises from the dead. Come back to life so that you and I could be born again so that you and I could have new life, so that you and I could belong to the kingdom of God. And after his resurrection from the dead, Jesus appears to the disciples a number of times, to large crowds of people. He's kind of all over the place saying, hey, this amazing thing has happened. You should go tell other people. One of those times that he shows up, he shows up for breakfast on the beach with his disciples, and he has this conversation with Peter. 
this guy who so adamantly said, Jesus, I belong to you no matter what. In one place he says, I'm willing to die with you. And equally, adamantly said, no, I don't belong to him. Verse 15 of John chapter 21. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? In other words, hey, Peter, do you still belong to me? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Peter, you still belong here. With everything you've done, you still belong here. Now go and help other people belong here. People who belong help others belong. Some of this is intentional and some of it just happens because what we belong to becomes the output of our lives. When you truly belong to something or someone, you help others experience all the benefits of that belonging. You offer them belonging through the outputs of your life. You demonstrate commitment to this thing and what that commitment produces. Your actions and words invite them to join you in finding this source of life that you have found. You are offering other people the antidote you have found to insecurity. So what are you offering people? What antidote do you turn to? What do you look to to be your source of life? And how's that gonna work out for the people around you that you are offering it to? People who belong help others belong. Jesus is offering you the opportunity to belong to the kingdom of God. And make no mistake, the offer is an offer of belonging. And if you would rather subscribe to say, well, I'd like to follow Jesus sometimes, but I'd like an exit door and not have to follow him other times. That's not one of the options. Jesus is offering you belonging, not a subscription service. He is offering you an antidote to your insecurities. He's offering you new life. He's offering us forgiveness and love and belonging. Look, 
We hope that as part of East Hills, you feel like you belong here. That you look around and you have that, by definition, affinity for this place and this people. We hope to be life-giving. We hope to encourage you so whatever insecurities and doubts you feel are safe to bring here and to talk about and to be loved through. If all we do is help you belong here, that's too much pressure to put on each other. (laughs) We cannot be the antidote to each other's insecurities, the source of life. That's not what we're here for in the end. Jesus is offering you an opportunity to belong to the kingdom of God. So the question you probably knew was coming. Who do you belong to? Who do you belong to? Because what you choose to look to, to be the antidote to your insecurities, to be your source of life, will be what you have to offer other people. If you want to belong to Jesus, he is offering you the same truth he told Peter. If you want to belong to me, you have to let me wash over you. If you want to belong to Jesus, it is as simple and as daunting and as important as echoing the words of Peter. Okay, Jesus, wash over all of me. You can have all of it. I belong to you above everything else. May the kingdom of God be the output of our lives. Let me pray for us. Father God, I am grateful that your word says you have adopted us as your children, that through Jesus, when we belong to him, we belong to you, we belong in your family, that we belong to each other, to love and encourage We belong to you. God, you know that I have all of these insecurities that spill out all over my life. God, I know that when I am insecure about telling other people about you or about serving other people, not sure what it might cost me, that what I'm revealing is that I'm not trusting you, not trusting that I belong to you. Father, would you convince me? Would you convict me? Would you forgive me? Would you convince us? Would you hold us? That we would know as Jesus knew that we belong to you. And that in so belonging, we can give ourselves away in love and sacrifice because we're secure in who you are and who you say we are. 
that your kingdom would flourish in our lives, in our community, in this place, because we're trusting that we belong to you. Thank you for adopting us, holding us, allowing us to rest in you. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for checking out our podcast. Find out more or connect online at easthillsalliance.org.